Welcome back to another edition of the Return the Picks podcast, where once again, well, I guess we're not gambling on the NFL and trying to make money off it. We're just talking all things American football. The offseason is well into full swing. And after the Super Bowl, what, 10 days ago, there's been plenty to talk about already. And there's already a lot being set up for a QB carousel that's probably going to go round and round and round and round and round throughout the next few months. However, we can't let Super Bowl 55 go without talking to one of our favorite guests on the show. Whitney Holtzman joining us this week, CEO of Social Victories, a representative of NFL, MLB and NHL players, representing a player in the Super Bowl, watching the Super Bowl in her hometown, gets into the game, sees her Buccaneers and the player she represents, win the Lombardi Trophy, goes home, has a few days, kicks back, relax, and then just has a video go global and have well over three and a half million views around the internet during the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Lombardi parade or boat trip. Yeah, quite the week for Whitney Holtzman. We had her on the show talking about all of that and then a few things more as well. And we found out she's one of the best trash talkers in the NFL going around at the moment and then we got into all things Wentz, Watt, Wilson and everything else going on with the QB carousel and the big free agency moves that are impending this offseason. We started to set the tone for that and there's going to be plenty more to come on all of those but in the meantime sit back relax and enjoy it. Return the Picks with myself Ollie Wilson, Jazz Gillum, Dave Bluck and our special guest Whitney Holtzman. <laughs> The middle picked off. Sees it fired. It's accepted. Blitz coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again. And it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline. Into the end zone and he's picked off. Back the other way. Sorry for being late, everybody. Do you have a new hairstyle? Something different? Uh, I haven't had a shower and washed my hair in a couple of days. Thank you for sharing. Well, I'm glad That's we're on day. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. You just, you're late and you're just Disheveled. the opposite of charming. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Is this how you show up to dates? This is what yeah. I want to do. I mean, I've never actually had a date, so I couldn't tell you. Well, if you do, you should shower. I, I, I definitely will, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the trouble I have having to wear surgical hats all day. My hair just gets my head all day. Uh, what okay. an entrance. What a, what a pretty party over here. <laughs> what an entrance. I'm leaving all of that <laughs> in, by the way. I'm leaving. So that, you should. That's how we're going to start the podcast with Jazz turning Are up. Are you so. recording it? Um, we've just uh, started recording now, basically, once Jazz got on. So don't worry. All the previous stuff. Oh, thank goodness. Don't worry. You're all good. With it. It's thank all good. good. I would have been devastated if we had to leave that out. <laughs> um, well, I see out of the four of us, I'm the only one in Bucks gear in my Tampa Bay shirt, and we had this discussion the last time, and no one did their homework assignment and garnered Bucks gear, except we have one red light in the background. You got some new. Well, I've got, I've got black got... and red on. That kind of. I've got my white. Falcons. Uh, got my Falcons top on. I can't be wearing uh, Tampa Bay things <laughs> good, right now. Good. That feels like a stage too far for me, Whitney, but I did want you guys to win, so that's the most that I can give you. Look, if, if you want to align yourself with the losers, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> I always do, somehow. I mean, you got Have some nice... Time with 
nice new Bucks gear today, didn't you, Wit? With uh, you got the exceptional thing that I saw on the Instagram of yours earlier today. Yeah, you know, and it's you work so hard for these athletes and and my clients, and I go above and beyond. And at times, it can often feel thankless or that it doesn't really mean much. And I think what was so what filled my heart up today is um, so I had bought a Steve McClendon jersey. And he wanted a replica of the Lombardi trophy. So I found that for him this week before he leaves town. So I dropped it off and I was like, and okay, you have to sign this Jersey. And he wrote like, thank you for everything you've done for me. Like you've been amazing to me, much love. Like he poured his heart out and like, it just showed that like, he really like the impact I've had on his life. And he really did appreciate everything that I've done. And that means more than any amount of money or anything, because then you feel like someone who really needed it and, you know, someone who's at a high level that you've, you've, you know, forever impacted them and left a handprint on their heart. And I just didn't realize it until he wrote that note. And after like the week you've had, that's like your own personal sign off to the Super Bowl as well, that somebody you're so close with has had this success, but also, you know, they're showing that they appreciate you as well, which is, I'm not saying it's a perk of the job, but you know, it, it makes the job worthwhile. All the hard work that you did that we spoke to you about of getting him settled in Tampa and almost the extracurricular stuff you did of like helping to sort his life out down there as well. It, it shows it does mean a lot to people. Right. Well, and I said to him, look at how much can change in here. You know, I started this season getting COVID tested in the Raymond James parking lot. I never imagined at, at the end of the season that my team would be in the championship and I would be there to see it. And I said, Steve, can you believe you started out on the Jets and you ended the season winning a Super Bowl? And at the end of last season, our season ended with Jameis throwing a pick six. And then this year it ended with Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl. So I feel like hopefully that gives people hope that you're not happy where you are now. Really, a a lot can change in here. You can literally go from all the way at the bottom to top of the world. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that should be a lasting uh, kind of metaphor for everybody that even if you don't like the NFL, you can go from the Jets to the Super Bowl champions. Exactly. And, you know, Steve had he, – he played in the league for 12 years, and he never played in the Super Bowl. So, like, I kind of felt like a mom or something. It's like, kid out there, like, as badly as I wanted it, I just couldn't imagine what this moment was like for him. And I wanted it so badly because I, I didn't want him to make it this far and then leave disappointed or to – not feel like that he achieved his main goal after all those, you know, hours and days. And I was saying to him, remember that I, I I knew that moment I saw he was coming to Tampa. You just felt the stars aligning and that this was meant to be and great things were coming. It was like, we both knew. And he said, he still has the screenshot from that day of like when he found out. And, um, you know, he said that, you know, ever since then, you know, I, I helped him find a place to live. I mean, even the week of the Super Bowl, I was running and getting T-shirts printed for him. I oh, was, wow. you know, got him this Lombardi trophy, like even leading up to, oh, helping him get media appearances. So, like, you know, I had done from the moment he got here and I helped him find a place to live up until truly the game, I, I was going above and beyond for him. So, like you said, Ollie, it just, you know, it was really nice to have all that pay off because people don't even realize how much happens behind the scenes yeah that's um that's that's so cool I mean it's something I'm obviously very envious of just as a sports fan of like having that you're going to be able to have that jersey framed somewhere on the wall of like that's a part of a Super Bowl history that you are physically a part of that's so cool so cool well and also you have to remember for me I mean 
I am one person who started my business completely from scratch, basically full-time three years ago. And I don't look like what a typical agent or representative looks like. And again, it's business is kind of like an iceberg. People only see, you know, the, the 10% glory on top. They don't see the work and blood and sweat and tears and sacrifice. So three years later, knowing I, I climbed and, you know, clawed my way and basically by myself built this business. And then all of a sudden I have a client that won the Super Bowl. I feel like that Jersey represents so many things to me. Yeah. yeah it's really symbolic. It's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, Dave. On top of that. Yep. Go ahead. I was going to say, Dave, have you got your present from Jazz? Gift. Oh yeah. You got a present. Cause. Do you want me to open it? Yeah. It's probably the right time. Wait, Jazz, what's your present? Uh, Jazz and Dave have been Where's exchanging gifts. Well, I was hoping to win the lottery and send you to the Super Bowl, but you did that yourself. So, I mean, yeah, you oh, yeah. didn't need it. In some ways, the stars aligned for you for that. You let me down with the lottery. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm you sorry. Send other presents. This is adorable. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I sent Dave one uh, a Julio Jones jersey a few uh, a few months or so ago. Um, I'm so excited to see what you got. I'm concerned that this is a trap, Whitney. I'm concerned this is a trap. It feels like Jazz has sent me something I'm going to hate, like a Tom Brady Patriots top or 28-3 or something. Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus, no. We... Oh, was... No, go on, yeah, I was going to say that was another Super Bowl I was at was the one where the Falcons shot the bed. <laughs> I like how we can get that reference into every single podcast with almost every guest that we have. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why don't we rename the podcast 28 to 3? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a Bucks top. <laughs> it's Mike Evans. Oh, brilliant. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Finally, some representation. Now, now oh, there's some jazz. Tampa Bay merch in the background. Hey, now you can <laughs> And it's got the Super Bowl logo. Oh, yeah. I, was, I had to make sure I got the newest, up, most up-to-date thing I could get. That's a really expensive gift. Jazz, oh, Jazz you spent some money on this gift that I kind of like <laughs> and also dislike as well. <laughs> and oh, I have man. to say this. No, regardless, of your, regardless of your team affinities, Mike Evans is such a good guy. He does so much yeah. for yeah. single moms and, you know, abuse women and, you know, racial equality. So, like, you're, you're now wearing the good guy jersey no matter what you feel about the team. There was Brilliant. a little note in there as well, Dave. Did you, did you manage to find that? Uh, no, I haven't seen <laughs> I that. I hope it says you've uh, enjoyed looking all the way down the rankings at your team. Oh, here we go. What's this? T. Dave, just something to brighten up your podcast background with a soon-to-be Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you hang it up in the background? Because when else, I mean, what's more appropriate than this podcast? I mean, probably, you should probably just oh, well, put it on. I don't know how I'm going to how am I gonna get it up there. If you can't right, hang you it up, you could just wear yourself. it. You, you know? Know? Oh, you could wear it. Yeah, you, you could, could just wear, wear it, Dave. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah, why don't you just put it? Up? I don't know if I'm going to wear it. We'll, we'll see about that. No, no, you can wear it. Um, oh, brilliant! This is because Dave. That was a very nice why, why isn't he going to get a hanger? Just go get a hanger. <laughs> just get a hanger, Dave. Get a hanger. Yeah, this is like watching watching you know the the animals see fire for the first time and they're not really sure what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of messing. What's he doing? He's got <laughs> he's using books. <laughs> This is worth it just to watch him try and do this. I mean, it looks like he succeeded. He has succeeded with I'm books. actually impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. Well, he's doing good. Yeah. How did he do that? Under the books? Under, yeah, the, under books. the books. He's a very Dave well-read man. big, big tome-like books, so they're go. probably pretty heavy. Talk about leveling up your background. Yeah. yeah. Strong. Nice. All right. All is nice. right in the world now. Thanks, Jess. You're welcome. So Wow, it looks really good. 
so what, where do we stand on this Julio Jones Mike Evans debate? Just out of interest, you know, you've obviously got you've obviously got a jersey <laughs> of both, both now, so, so you can alternate pretty... them. <laughs> That's what this all comes down to. Where they're buying me a Mike Evans jersey because uh, they think that Mike Evans is better than Julio Jones, and I just think it's crazy opinion. Well, one sat on his couch and the other won the Super Bowl. So. Oh, that's <laughs> correct. Oh, oh, that's correct. Oh, Clip also, that off, Ollie. Also, uh, he's... one of them's going to be sitting on his couch on the Hall of Fame day. That's what I'm saying. Julio. Yeah, Julio. Was splitting, Julio <laughs> nope. was with nope. Calvin Ridley. Ridley was that's really true. emerging <laughs> at the end of last season. Mike Evans doesn't have an equal. I, Julio and Calvin were right up there. So if you're the best, there's no one even. Yeah. scratching the surface all right, all right. we will bring Whitney back for sure for the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> postseason Falcons. podcast breakdown Falcons as well because <laughs> I'm going to enjoy that um, my goodness Whit- what would be really funny is I was going to say that Steve lives in Georgia so I'm going to laugh if he ends up signing with the Falcons this year oh yeah oh is he not going to stay with the Tampa the Tampa? Well, he's always been on one-year contracts, and he likes it that way. And I think they want him back, but um, you know, it's still early in the off-season. But I yeah, think true. that he's so well respected. There are a lot of teams, so he's at the point where he probably gets to pick, and he yeah. has four kids. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up there. Although rooting hard for Tampa, he said he's already ready to go win another one. So that's the spirit. That'd be nice. That'd be fun. But fundamentally, if you, I suppose, in some ways, for an NFL athlete, once you've won a ring. It takes a little bit of the burden off for legacy point of view because you can say, well, I've won the big one. I've experienced it. Then you can start thinking about, okay, well, maybe my last couple of contracts, I'll just try and take whatever I can to set my family up better. So I thought that, um, and I think any rational person would assume that, but I guess the reason these guys are such high caliber athletes is because they're such grinders and they work so hard he was like sometimes it sinks in at night but like he was already like back working out right away um he was like already in talks he's already thinking about next season he wants to come back and win again like i'm i'm, I'm not even like being dramatic about this wow. literally he he already celebrated wow. with his family and he walked off and he was like trying to figure out how to win another one i was like wow. could you enjoy it for like 24 hours <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure that Tom Brady just like Ollie was talking about this on the last podcast. I think it was a really good point that he's just so much of a machine now that I, I think it's just like I have some drinks and then and the next day I get up and I drink my kale smoothie and I'm going to go and win an eighth ring. Well, I was still recovering from the festivities and he was back working out. So <laughs> yeah. I just I don't understand how they do it. And he I just, just loved that he had a helper shape. as well to try and get back off the boats. Yeah. Making sure it was. <laughs> I mean, in front of his boat, it's a miracle I ended up catching the video because there was a whole like military boat right in front of him between oh, really? him and the fans that had like a bunch of soldiers on it, you know, that was riding next to him. Uh, Did they have uh, some scuba guys riding behind as well, just in case, I don't know, the Lombardi trophy fell in the water when you're throwing it from boat to boat? <laughs> Whit, I mean. We were joking here because there's a part of Tampa that has a really big Greek population. So every year on Epiphany, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, it's in January, they jump in the water and retrieve the cross. And if you get it, it's supposed to be good luck for a year. So someone was joking, if it fell in the water, we should just bring those guys over. Yeah, they, they experience <laughs> bring the Greeks. <laughs> yeah, they know what they're doing. They're used to jumping in the water anyway in January in the open water and retrieving silver things. So, like, just throw them in there. Hmm. The area was very prepared, clearly. We've got to talk about the video. We will 
go back to what you were telling us before we started recording about everything building up to the game. We've got to talk about the video because that was... I mean, if everything hadn't already come together so perfectly for you, in the stars aligning in so many ways around Super Bowl weekend, and then the fallout, it goes up another notch with you getting this video yeah. of Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi trophy. It's the one from the wide angle that has gone around every major sports news outlet, every Patriots fan, Bucks fan, every NFL fan has seen it multiple times. I think the last time I checked was like three and a half million people had seen it. And I think it's probably a lot more than that by now at this point. Wait, that, that's that's weird. And how how does that come about? That's how are you in the right place at the right time? Is it just good fortune? And what happens when your video is, gets seen by half the globe, basically? Right. Well, let me just say that, you know, it, it, you know, and I'll tell you the full story, but I had already the day of the game, I got tickets, it, the weather was beautiful, I got to go with my dad, I walked in and Cam, one of my clients was broadcasting the game in front of the whole stadium, uh, another client playing in the game, the Bucks won, my flyover video ended up on national TV, so I had already oh, wow. lived the best night of my life. And I had so many messages, like when I say it must be what like a wedding night feels like, where like, you just this is a dream come true. So many things fell into place. And it's like everyone is celebrating with you. So I was kind of still recovering from all of that excitement. And the boat parade takes place sort of right outside my apartment. I live on Bay Shore, which is the waterway where the parade took place. And I was like, it's been a heck of a week. Um, I'm gonna just go downstairs and enjoy the boat parade as a fan. And actually I was originally just gonna sit on my patio, but I wanted to get some close up pictures of Steve, my client. So I'm like, it's a beautiful day. I'm gonna go downstairs and I walk downstairs and you know, in front of the water. And I was like, just to make sure I get the closest view, I'm gonna walk across this little bridge. And then I just set myself like right in front. But I'm, I mean, you could see, you can see my apartment in the background of the video. So I was just in front of my house. And again, I kind of treated it like, all right, I worked this morning. I'm just gonna take like a vacation day in the afternoon. Well, famous last words. Absolutely. So <laughs> I'm sitting in, in the parade started at one o'clock. But where we were, we're kind of towards the end of the route. So the most of the players didn't get to us till about two o'clock. So I had like a short sleeve shirt on and I have like the weirdest burns and tan, tan lines from being out there so long. Like, oh, it's hot. Like, let's just do this and get it out of the way. When When's Tom coming already and my client? So all of a sudden, you know, I had my camera on just to get video of Tom coming by. Cause when else do you get him in a boat in a casual environment? I mean, every other picture is just him on the field. So it was more, I just wanted to capture him in the parade. But right before he got to where I was, someone handed him the trophy. And I was right after a little bridge. And for some reason he came out of the bridge and it was probably where a, a significant portion of the fans were cause it's a large area. And for whatever reason, he just decided right in front of me to throw the Lombardi trophy to the next boat. And like I said, I think he had just gotten it at that point. It was toward the end of the parade route. So he probably had had a few drinks and it was like oh, yeah. he emerged from his bridge and there was another big crowd of people. And I, you know, captured it on my phone and I, I just put it up on Twitter because, you know, me, I was in it's all caps. I spelled the word water wrong. My most viral tweet. I have an X in there. Instead of like, I was clearly just like, it's all caps exclamation. It was clearly just like, oh my gosh, T Tom Brady just threw the Lombardi trophy because it's so unexpected with him. And he's such, 
you know, a high level guy that I couldn't believe he was doing something sort of so spontaneous and out of character. And like, yeah, he, he's being risky. Like he's like the responsible parent in the room. And here he is chucking the trophy <laughs> across the water. Did you hear what his daughter said to him? He said, no, daddy, yeah. no. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. Yeah. At eight years old, you hear in the background of the video going, no, daddy, no. Yeah. And I, I'm looking, I have pictures of my phone. Like, and, and I have to tell you, people didn't see this part, but before he threw it, he was doing a windup. Like five or six times, he pretended to throw it. So I thought he was joking. And then he let <laughs> it fly. Go. This and is... I just didn't see that coming. It's quite so far as well. Uh, yeah, it was, and it, we're talking about two moving boats, yeah. like moving the targets, moving like that. I can't I believe he did it. It's pretty. And that's what I said. So I threw it up on Twitter, thinking maybe this will get six retweets. And without a matter of seconds, it was on Sports Center, and then ESPN, The Today Show, Yahoo, uh, People Magazine, CBS, Fox, NBC, you name it. All the local outlets reach. I spent nine hours responding to messages. Jeez. And I um, did an interview that night in Australia, oh, and nice. then uh, I ended up licensing the video. So now, when professional outlets want to use it, they can just go to this company and instead, because it was, it became so overwhelming. Of and all these people ask for your permission for free, and then I learned a lot of them would pay for it. So I'm like, that's not right that they took advantage. And I had already said yes to, people, but once I realized, wait, this is something that like they're making money off of then i figured yeah. that i should also so thank you tom brady for that yeah, absolutely <laughs> it's such a dad move from tom brady like the dad that has <laughs> yeah. a few drinks at the celebration and then like gets a bit yeah. carried away yeah <laughs> well, and I, I will tell you prior to tom coming through and all the players someone brought a live goat to the boat parade <laughs> so i called it the goat parade oh okay to me, like I could kind of see in a distance, I got a picture. I thought that was like the craziest, wildest, most epic moment of the parade. And I couldn't believe like hours later that that was even totally forgotten about because someone was holding up a real goat as Tom Brady <laughs> came by, but then him throwing the trophy obviously usurped everything else. But I think I just must've been the first to post it. Like I, and it's, I couldn't even see there was a glare. That's why I spelled water wrong. But I just, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to share this with people. And it was, they planned the boat parade the night before. So a lot of people had to work. So there were people following along that were like, we can't be there. So thank you for continuing to post. So it was more just to share it with the, you know, local people and, and anyone who might not be able to see the boat parade. And then my friends in New York were like, we're watching a live broadcast. They keep mentioning your name, like the, how quickly something can go around the world. It was just yeah. amazing. And again, I like went out there at the last minute, like kind of by accident. And I, who would have thought I would have picked the exact right place to stand because the parade route is like a little over two miles. Yeah, because it, yeah. it looks, I didn't even know that you were on, um, you said you're on a bridge. It kind of looks like you're on a third boat. That's why I water. thought it was, yeah. Yeah, I keep getting texts asking whose boat I was on. I was like, yeah. mm, I don't have friends in that high places. I was I was standing in the front of a sidewalk, like against the railing. So I was the front row, which meant no one was in front of me when he came by. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but I, I wasn't on the water at all. And I had to kind of zoom in. I just, I keep thinking like, thank goodness I had the camera rolling when he did that. Like, cause I was taking pictures at first and yeah. you know, I, you just oh, never yeah. think he's going to do something that wild. So it's kind of a miracle. I just happened to have the video rolling. But I looked around. I'm like, why did no one else capture this? And But like, this is the moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the... Such an ex exclamation point on like your weekend, right? 
I couldn't believe that there was something else because it was had already been the best and like just most incredible night and so many unreal surprises and, and funny moments that to have this happen at the end of the week, I was like, this is truly just the icing on the cake. And I'm waiting for Tom to like reach out and for us to be friends. Like, I don't understand why that happened. <laughs> it's been a whole, it's almost a whole year now, hasn't it? I mean, it's, it's yeah, going to happen. He's just biding his time. He likes to play it cool. Where he'll reach out. You got him in words. trouble, though. You got him in trouble. Well, it's <laughs> funny because in every tweet reply, you know, people who responded were like, you know, they they wrote back to me and Tom Brady. So he has to see us in like a zillion tweets together and be like, who is this Who's other this person? person? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I think he's keeping his distance because of the whole "you need to apologize for throwing the trophy" incident that's had come out afterwards as well. Oh, like, that's so stupid. Yeah, he's got that woman. Is so- yeah oh i'm so glad you said that that's exactly what was yeah. going through my head when i saw it i was like yeah no he's that's his trophy that's the bucks trophy they want it they can do what they want with it <laughs> well yeah if it's more whose whose trophy is it more than tom brady's from any nfl player ever i mean yeah. team yeah someone said no one should tell her what happens to the stanley cup they like drink yeah. out of it yeah 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 <laughs> i mean and it's just it, practically when it comes to business you make a product and if someone pays for it, you don't get to dictate what happens after you sell them the product, it's there. So you don't get yeah. to come back and say, these are the rules of how you can utilize what you paid for. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. it was the single trophy and there's only one trophy around the whole world, fair enough, yeah, fine. But if that's not the case, then yeah, you're completely right. It's theirs to do with what they wish. Exactly. And someone mentioned that they talked to the reporter who broke that story. I think it was in Fort Myers. And apparently this woman reached out to the reporter to have her story mm. told on tv so it wasn't like she was g- genuinely upset it very much seems like she was seeking Give fame, right. Right. Of fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a wanna, out of nothing, wannabe but... whitney that's what this woman is a wannabe whitney yeah. at this point <laughs> well, because then they just kept showing my video <laughs> that is really good also Wait, can I, you tell me, I don't um... mind being a wannabe wit either i'd quite like to have the week that you've had to be honest <laughs> over the last 10 days or so it sounds pretty good it was I kept saying it was better than a dream or a movie because I just couldn't have imagined so many pieces falling into place the way they did. Like, who can imagine you're gonna, Tom Brady's going to throw the trophy? You're the one person that captures it. You post it on Twitter and it goes viral around the world. Like, how can you even <laughs> predict that would be possible in your mind? Wait, can you tell me about the the game itself? Did was there? I mean, it it feels like you know Tampa Bay were pretty comfortable throughout, but. How did it feel as a fan? Was it not until like the kind of midway through the fourth quarter, you were like, oh, actually, you know, I can relax a bit. Like we're three scores ahead. It's, you know, it's looking like statistically impossible that we're going to lose this or. Yeah. I still, especially after the green Bay game, I never relax until it is officially over. And even my dad, who's like very cautious and always says, you can't say anything or you're going to jinx it. With like a few minutes left in the fourth quarter, he was like, it's over. Can you believe it? And I was like, don't say that. <laughs> so, the confetti falls. And actually the best part was, I don't know if you heard about this, but Kansas City griped about us being able to shoot off the cannons mm. because they wanted, you know, more of a neutral site. So us being in our, I'm like, okay, it's neutral, but like there's our huge freaking pirate ship. So like, I don't know how you're going to hide that, but whatever. <laughs> um and so the minute that the bucks won the cannons finally got to go off so like a roar erupted and the players got pumped because it was like showed that we had officially did it and it was like you know it was our turf and 
you know, we won it. And, you know, and, and this was sort of the signal that like we did this on our home field. And like, it was like the, you know, putting our flag in the sand, like this is victory once the cannons yeah. went off. It does feel a little bit like the Kansas City Chiefs players would have a little bit of sour grapes, if I'm honest. It seems that they're happy to throw the peace signs up if you're Tyreek Hill to whoever you want or Tyron Matthew to sh- shoot your mouth up as much as you want. But as soon as someone does it to them and, back- and backfires, it seems to not really like it very much. So I, that's weird they would cry about that. Isn't that the way about any any player, though, Jazz? Yeah, I know, but shit. I mean, come on. I just don't know, understand how Winfield Jr. got fine for that when Tyreek did it the exact yeah. same thing and then yeah. flipped into our end zone where's his yeah. fine yeah no and it's, it's not it's not taunting in a I don't know it's kind of in it's like a kind of jokey way I didn't think it's like really disrespectful learning maybe like, it's because no. he ran up to him and did that rather than when Tyreek did it he was running and did that to him so and by the way, he's like doubling, triple. He's not apologetic. He is owning it, and Tom's yeah, doing this that. to him. Yeah. Like, it is like he's tweeting about it. A car dealership offered to sell him a car here and uh, take off the amount of his fine from the price of the car. Like nice. it, it has been like the like sweetest validation and revenge that everyone is. He is not ashamed. Take the penalty. Like yeah. there's no apologizing. Like he would do that 400 more times, and it sort of became <laughs> this kind of epic moment because I mean Tyreek backflipped into the end zone yeah. like that to me was pretty insulting so like mm. you're asking for it and that's what you get for celebrating in november or whenever that game was like Ooh. you should learn those celebrations shouldn't happen in, until february sneakily the best one. trash like talker we've had on the podcast ever <laughs> whitney holtzman sneaky good oh, at this trash I'll talk i know <laughs> i have like no shame like i'm when we lose like i will be the first to own it but like when someone else does something wrong like i'm gonna be the first person to like bring you down and did you did you play sport in uh like college and stuff with uh no i went to university of florida so the gators are like at epic level i I did sports in high school played basketball played tennis for fun track cross country but like i much more enjoyed the post-game snack Okay. I'm just wondering how I'm just wondering how competitive you were. Just were you just talking trash to people where you were serving and tennis and stuff? I got a lot of fouls in basketball, and like even now, like my (laughs) throwing elbows. Yeah, my mom's friends uh, have kids around my age, and uh, we all played the game mahjong one time. And my mom had to like pull me aside and say like, this is not a contact sport. Like I refused to put down a piece that would have let the other girl win. Mm-hmm. But like, I refused. Like I, I just was going to like keep play- dragging it out. Like I wasn't going to give up victory. So in whatever I do, I'm pretty competitive, including Mahjong. Does that include getting tickets for a Super Bowl? Because we were, last time we spoke to you on the pod, it was get me a ticket. There's 10 days to go. Get you need me a, a miracle. Ticket. And how? Yeah, and I thought Jazz was going to help me. I don't. I'm, oh no, I'm Dave! Here. Dave promised the lottery. Yeah, I was going for the lottery win. Yeah. What happened? I I didn't win. <laughs> I mean, I you know had all my eggs in that basket and was relying on you, and I held on the yeah. podcast with friends, and then you let me down at my biggest moment. It does. I don't know how to explain this to you, but I don't know how the lottery works in uh, Florida, but over here it's like one in. Five million chance. It's more than five million, like <laughs> yeah, thirty-one a... million some issue by that. There we go. You failed to mention that when you offered to buy me tickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's, it's now you said it. Now it's an excuse, but if you said it at the start, it's a reason. That's the thing. You got to get your uh, your reasons in at the start. Exactly, and yeah, we should have had backup. Like I really thought you guys were going to make it happen. Well, we but had the we had the hashtag. Short. We had the hashtag. Get wit to the game. 
I think it was, that we tried to get going and, you know. Is that good trending? Apparently it's not as trendable as a Tom Brady throwing the Super Bowl trophy uh, video. It's, it doesn't. Slightly less. I know. If you, if you were being honest, when we had that conversation, what percentage did you guys think I was actually going to make it to the game? Uh, I thought 50-50. Oh, what kind of percentage is that? That means nothing. 50, 50%. <laughs> 20, 29% that you uh, you would get a ticket. Twenty nine. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I was kind of convinced that you'd get in somehow. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know how, but to be honest, I really did. It's just, it wasn't, it wasn't not going to happen for you. Yeah. Well, my dad kept saying, like during the week leading up, he's like, you know, because we haven't been going to restaurants or eating out just because the pandemic. And he's like, twice during the week he was like well what food are we going to order for super bowl sunday and he was like nachos and like he kept bringing it up and i was like no we will not have talk. like stop talking about us being here that's not going to happen no plan it, b it yeah i was like we're not talking about a plan b there's no reason we are going to be at the game and he's like he like thought like no way he really was planning the menu in his head but i was like i wouldn't even let him speak of it i was like the power of positivity we are not having the dis- there's no reason to entertain this and he was like but how i'm like i don't know but i just know yeah so and how- it worked out so, so plan b wasn't needed in the first place so hey you made it happen yeah and long story short i mean it, it, the deck was totally stacked against me there were 14,000 tickets for sale everyone who's been able to help me in the past just shut me down this year. You know, it was players normally get tickets. I had asked my clients, they didn't get them this year. So like, of course, of course my team makes it in my home stadium during a pandemic when like, you know, it's just every normal gateway to getting tickets is eliminated. I mean, that would be my luck. I asked someone at the NFL office, they said only, they were only able to get tickets for healthcare workers and sponsors. So that shut me down. And so I was talking to ticket brokers, but they were selling them. I mean, it would have been like over $10,000 for two tickets to sit in the upper deck. That would have been an option, I I guess, if I didn't want to ever have a house or eat food again. Um, And long story (laughs) short. I think it would have been worth it. I think looking back on it now, you would have thought it was worth it for the rest of your life. Yeah, I I probably would have done it. I mean, as it was, I ended up through a a contact at a team reaching out and they were allotted some. And they told me 30% chance they were getting them on Thursday, which I didn't know what that meant. Like that was hard for me to understand what 30% meant. And then 50% chance on Friday. And then I got an email from them at 2 p.m. on Saturday that they had two tickets for me to buy. And they offered me the upper deck or the lower bowl. And I was like, look, I'm only doing this once. I want to soak it in. I want my dad to be able to see well and I'm glad I did. All I cared about was that I could pay face value and, and that's what I was able to do. So, but even when I gave my credit, like I totally blacked out. It was like, whatever number this is, just take it. (laughs) So (laughs) you're not thinking rationally and then you get your credit card bill and you're like, wow, I do have to pay that off. Yeah. So anyway, I was on the way to the game. So the game starts 6 30 PM our time. And I, this, the gates opened at at two 30 and by like one something, well, I woke up ready to leave the house, but like at one something, I was like, time to go. Like, let's get in the car. And there was already traffic, but my dad described it as like, it was already the best day of my life before I even got to the game. Like he was like, you were so excited. We couldn't even contain the excitement in the car. And, you know, it was supposed to be a rainy overcast. Like every day they kept saying, oh, we have like 60% chance of rain, which again, percentages in my life, you know, I was overwhelmed with percentages <laughs> that I didn't know what they meant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they said it was supposed to pour, like the field would be wet. And I'm like, 
I was most disappointed that like Tampa wouldn't be shown in the light, which I know it usually is, or it's capable of being displayed in. I mean, it's such a beautiful place. And I was like, great, everyone's going to see it as this overcast, rainy, gross city. And that like hurt my soul because I, I have so much pride. And I wanted people to see like the real Tampa, how we are most of the year and, you know, see, see the pride that I see in the city. So anyway, we're driving to the game and I'm not even kidding. The whole day, there was not a cloud in the sky. Like I could not find a cloud. So that fell into place. And then I kind of knew, I mean, the Chiefs won it last year, the whole situation with Andy Reid's son right before the game. Yeah. That was very sad. And I just, I, I, I hate to say it, but as a, a father, I would imagine there is no way you can have that happen Thursday and the, the severity of it and to have already lost a son and then truly have your full focus on the game. Yeah. Whereas, you know, our guys slept in their own bed, lived in their own, they didn't have to travel. And you had a lot of veterans who were focused, whereas I kept feeling like, and Patrick Mahomes it was going to have a baby any minute. So I felt like they had all these distractions where they didn't ha weren't able to focus the way we were. So I really thought that was working our advantage. So I walk in the stadium. I truly think I'm the first person in the entire stadium. I just want, I didn't want to miss a minute. I wanted to soak in everything. And it was just, the Super Bowl has a different feel, except that this year there was just cardboard cutouts everywhere. So I'd go to high five or get excited. I'm like, <laughs> I was high five and cardboard cutouts all night. Um, but I, I walked into the stadium and Cam Lynch, my other client was broadcasting on the Jumbotron and I knew he was going to be an in-game in host, but I didn't know he was going to be on the jumbotron the entire game. And so like, that was the first minute I burst into tears. And I was so proud. He was on the bucks last year. And then I saw my client walk onto the field, uh, totally on the other side, like in the opposite end zone. So I'm hurtling over cardboard cutouts, jumping over sections, like flying over broadcast booths, like running past security so that I could get down there and wave and show him I was wearing his like Jim's t-shirt and he saw me and he had headphones on. So I was like, great, I'm going to make it here. And he's going to not be able to hear me. <laughs> But he ended up waving and he could you could tell he was so happy to have like someone else supporting him. And then I thought it was funny. I was there so early that some members of the box were liking the Instagram post that I was putting up of my dad and I in the stands before they went to play because they probably were on the bus or at the hotel or in the they, it was so so many hours before the game started that they were liking my posts and I was already there. That's good. And then it was just That's like so late. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I mean, the entire, then the flyover happens and it's like right over my head. So I take it on my phone. Then CBS asked if they could use it on their broadcast. Like it kept being one wild moment after another. And then the game was just so electric. And like from the first minute, the defense, and it was kind of what I said in the last podcast. Like, yes, Tom was great. But to me, I felt like it was the parallel with the 0-3 team and the defense was going to get it done. And to me, that's what I kept feeling like. Mahomes could not go anywhere. They didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. crazy. And Devin I mean, White was all over the place. All over the... And you could feel like Steve wanted it so badly. And Dominican Sue and Devin White and Mike Evans and whether the guys were new, it was like they played as a team. And Steve told me, like, his defensive line, like, they would say, you know, Steve has the hot hand tonight. You should play him. Like, the guys wanted... That they put team above themselves and would just say to the coach, whoever, you know, was doing the best job, like they understood what it meant to play and win as a team. Yeah. And it was, you know, you could feel it like that they got it and that they had worked so hard. And I just felt like with all of Kansas city's distractions, like they weren't going to be as hungry as we were. And I feel like that you could feel that from the first minute. And frankly, 
there were like some penalties and moments that fell our way that like if they had gone the other direction i think things could have ended oh yeah differently. well when the, the honey badger got that inception and that mm. got overturned i was like i thought that was yeah and that was so that was early on yeah and you know that was a moment where you felt like the crowd sort of deflating you know and, and there was that moment too where you know, we were like on the one yard line, we couldn't get in the end zone. I mean, there were a few that were just like, yeah. and then they got the penalty. And then, so it kept being like, this just feels like our game in our night every step of the way. And then to know, oh my gosh, not only did my team win, I get to see it with my dad, but I have a client. I mean, there was so much joy. I could, and then first team, first person ever, first group of people to see it at their home stadium. I mean, I don't yep. even know how you put it into words. And as such a small number of people to even be at that game, as I said earlier to you, like that is truly elite Super Bowl category of 22,000 people only were allowed in that arena. And you got to see it with all of that as well. It's genuinely a fantastic story. I absolutely yeah. love hearing it. Thank you. Yeah, well, and I, um, I think that's why I felt like there was not much hope. And it just... You know, I mean, it sounds good now because I found a way to make it, ha make it happen, but it was really demoralizing and stressful leading up to like, this would be the dream for me and I can't get a ticket. Like yeah. it was, it almost felt like a cartoon with a black cloud above me as I, <laughs> as I was walking. And I just, um, I, I can't, I can't believe I made it in, but I think it would have, I was so excited. I wasn't even thinking about the game, but looking back, if I had like hustled that hard i finally made it in you know tickets are at a premium and then they would have lost that probably would have been really disappointing like it's a good thing it worked out the way it did it makes for a much better story well, especially Absolutely. with like a whole fourth quarter to basically put your feet up and just enjoy the victory from that point i mean there, there must have <laughs> yeah. been like a long kind of 40 minute spell there where it's like oh we've, we've got this and then you're just waiting for victory to be confirmed at that point I've never seen a clock move more slowly in my life. I'm like, yeah. why didn't more seconds go? Like you just wanted it to keep draining because it really wasn't a until the last couple minutes that you thought it was a done deal. Really? I yeah, there's always a sense that the Chiefs are going to have a chance to come back, but they just wasn't their night. Right. And I mean, how do you count out Patrick Mahomes or that offense? And um, Travis Kelsey played out of his mind. He was phenomenal. They were connecting all night. We couldn't really stop him. So you just kept feeling like they were, had a lot of weapons and, you know, they, you know, and also, like I said, Tom usually has a great first half or a great second half. So even when we had the lead at, at halftime, I, I didn't think necessarily that we were going to come back and, and be so dominant the second half. Like I thought that was when Kansas city got the ball. It was funny. It was cause like they honored the, uh, healthcare workers and it was really emotional with having so many of them there like you could feel um the magnitude of the moment it was just like the, the whole healthcare workers aspect like I'll never forget that and you just kind of there was so much um reflection of what's happened this past year and what they've been through and I think that probably made this Super Bowl different from any other and, and one that was kind of extra special because it was nice to see them get rewarded but they picked like the head of a nursing unit to do the coin toss and she flipped it for kansas city so i was like oh gosh like, <laughs> you know, supposed to be supporting her now i'm mad at this nurse so i'm glad it worked out did so, you boo her boo yeah i was like dad I don't nurse. Like, she, she's she's helping the other team it's <laughs> all right jazz jazz was just as livid don't worry jazz had uh jazz had something on the coin toss and was just as money livid. on tails oh so many <laughs> silly bats it was heads yeah but Gosh. Blue Gatorade will live in the memory forever, Jazz, so don't worry about it. And, and no touchback will also live in the memory forever too. <laughs> there was no touchback? 
on the opening so kickoff. Opening, kick, opening kickoff wasn't a touchback. You can have a bet on that. And Ollie came on and told us about it, and we all mocked him for being stupid. And then oh. I saw what happened and how he got to his conclusion and joined him on it. And then I thought he won 60 pounds, 70 yeah, pounds. like 60, 70 quid, which is like, what, 80, 90 bucks off that. So yeah. as soon as it was brought out of the end zone, Jazz and I are both immediately like, yeah! We just jumped up. <laughs> yeah. Celebrating. We all won. And I have to say the best part was that there were Kansas City Chiefs fans all around me. And God bless them. They're like really nice people. Like at the end I was bargaining. I was like, you got the last one. Let us have this one. Like, how's your time in Tampa been? Um, but they like fully, after winning one, they fully expected to dominate us. Like they clearly booked a trip here. It's a pandemic. They paid premium for tickets. Like, to see them deflated like there was a guy in front of me dressed as a wolf or a coyote i don't know what it is but he was a full-blown i don't know whatever i'm I'm, I'm picturing that uh that weird republican shaman who stormed the uh, (laughs) the QAnon guy (laughs) yeah Uh, not not like that was it (laughs) i think um him but like completely covered in fur but you're close Oh, that was a good, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much America for you right there. Those are representatives. <laughs> then he was in a, you know, whatever that guy, you know, werewolf outfit, decked out and like to watch them be silent the whole game. Like, I feel like they came in so like arrogantly. I was almost in the minority in my section as a Bucks fan. And you just like, every time they cheered, like you felt like they were giving off this vibe, like we're going to come back and drown you and to like silence them and watch them like walk home and shame felt so good. <laughs> I love that. that. You know, that reminds me. I was when uh, I don't know if you oh you weren't. I don't think you were there, Ollie. You haven't. You weren't. You didn't come to Glastonbury with us. Uh, never when never I went, went there, to Glastonbury. No. Wait, no, I okay. don't, sorry. Before I forget, yeah. I'm surprised it's we're this much into the podcast and no one's brought up the streaker. Oh yeah, yeah. that was. Uh, well, that was the biggest hit yeah. in do we, the Kansas do we City think half of the field. Actually, did have a bet on himself as well? Do we think that's just a bit of an urban myth now? Oh, okay, I didn't hear that. Oh, so apparently he put a fifty grand bet on him, so a bet on a streaker to appear in the Super Bowl, and then he did it. He did it, and then the, did they pay out? There's no that's way that's paid out. There's no way that's paid out. Him that he's done it. So, so apparently his what... account's been suspended. I wonder if that like pays for his bail or not. So it, it was supposed to, because hypothetically he would have made three hundred forty-seven thousand. His bail was a hundred thousand, yeah. but they said it was like not insider training, but they gave it some name where you it wasn't ethical because you knew yeah. you were do it that made the bet so they voided the bet yeah if he so he's got to pay anything, the bail now. hadn't said anything just run on the field and then disappeared so he's down 100, 100 grand then. okay yeah well just when i thought i had had enough excitement that night i mean it was it was wild because you see everyone pointing at something and it's almost like when people point like hey there's a penalty like trying to get the ref's attention so i thought that's what was happening and then all of a sudden i mean the teams were right in front of me and the guy runs around them like Mm -hmm. if you make it and you're with tom brady and patrick mahomes like maybe you go up and high five them like he didn't want anything to do with the players and the first set of security guys he made it all the way to the opposite end zone and then his yeah. pants fell down yeah that and the first set of he security got hit people, hard as well at the end. he yeah. got piled on yeah. <laughs> but the first set of security guys in maybe white shirts i think or whatever it was the first set totally missed him he dodged he dodged them and then like the big guns came out and um my friend whose husband played for the tennessee titans for a while like put it on instagram she was like see it's not so easy to tackle someone (laughs) (laughs) but it was i think the security guards were in red shirts because the whole thing was there wasn't anybody in a red shirt making a tackle on that field all night long 
because the first security guards didn't get him and you know obviously kansas weren't exactly doing anything anyway it was so weird because it was almost like a minute of unity for the teams because they're looking at each other like what are we like no one it was the game is so rehearsed planned out every moment is routine and this just caught everyone so it was funny to see them baffled not knowing what to do with themselves it was almost a surreal experience in the middle of the super bowl it's really british streaking at a sporting yeah. event feels really british like something well, that- and then yeah, people knew we were at the game. So, like, we, my mom started getting texts like, tell Stephen Whitney to put on a shirt. Like, the jokes began. <laughs> it was good, but it wasn't that good. Not enough for you to go streaking through the Super Bowl, I guess. Then. All right, right. Okay. And apparently his friend tried to go first, which he knew would happen. And that guy got caught. So, he was like the di- diversion. And then this guy jumped. Jump. But I just can't believe you'd pay so much. And he was, like, in the section with the healthcare workers. So... I don't know how he got there that you would pay so much for a ticket just to like have that be your moment. Well, there's also, I'm sure on his leotard that he was wearing, it had something like a website to go to. It's a bit like what happened in I think, maybe the Champions League final a few years ago where a, a girl streaked on the pitch. I think she was naked, but on her body, she had written on a, a website to go to. And the website oh, traffic for that went massively high afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that was his plan. An, an advertisement. I do think he was advertising some website, but I also... Um, heard that um, basically, you know, they're, they're told don't give any attention to the streaker because we don't want to encourage this. But the guy who was the radio broadcaster went all in. He's like, and there's a man running. <laughs> yeah. And he's supposed pants up, but it looks like he's wearing a bra. So put the, and he was like doing it in his football call, but it was like all about this man and his like song and lingerie. But Kevin Harlan is, yeah. Kevin Harlan is a god for that because he did it a few years ago in new york when a cat came on the field on a uh, sunday night football game and he was like there's a cat on the field he's at the 20 he's at the 15 he's at the 10 he's in the end zone the cat has finally been caught it was just perfect he's he can do no wrong as a broadcaster is that the is that the tampa bay guy is it no no but it was um kevin harlan that called the streaker in the same way that he called the cat as well yeah it was it was genius if steve's got a website is that going to be something what? that you, if Steve, you know, has a website, is that going to be something that you maybe think of as a marketing ploy for him, you know, on a bye week next year, maybe? Just run on to it. <laughs> streaking at his own game. Well, on, prime no, time. on the bye week, streaking at a different game. Oh, right. I see. So oh, the Monday night football game. Maybe in New York or something, one of the biggest markets. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I think because his business is a gym that I don't think he'd want me advertising. I think he might pick someone who like works out there. What about having Steve do it? No, no. I mean, for Steve to do it on his bye week. Yeah, no, that's the perfect. No one's bringing him down easy either. Yeah, I'm just trying to picture how the conversation would go with his wife. Like, oh, on the bye week, I can't come home. Like, I need to go streaking. So I just feel like. Yeah, okay. He has three boys and then a little girl. Um, so obviously, like, they really wanted a girl and we're, we're trying for her. And, you know, he says she's my extra motivation. She's really adorable. And after he won, she came running up to him on the field and said, you did it, Daddy. You did it. I love you. You did it. And he said, that's oh. the moment that got him. Yeah, oh, wow. Wait, yeah. Cute. And I, apparently they said because of COVID, you could only take two family members and he has four kids. So I think he found a way, like, forget it. They're all coming. Like there was just so much excitement. Yeah, I imagine. Wait, yeah. I know you've, I know you've Devin... got to... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, go on, go on. And I was going to say, I know you've got to get off in a second. That's all. I'm just really worried that we're going to eat into your university lecture that you've got to do in a minute as well. 
Totally fine. This is much more educational. Um, but I was going to say, well, the funniest part is I'm, I'm good friends with the Bucks social media girl. And of course, Devin White tweeted that he wanted to bring his horse for a victory lap around the stadium. So he rode around Raymond James after the boat parade on his horse. And then uh, he insisted that she get on the horse. So there's a picture of her on Devin White's horse at Raymond James, which was just like, you're like, all right, that, That's that is the nutshell. Yeah. That, that is surreal. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. But I felt you guys like in my heart cheering me on about getting tickets and going to the game. And I was excited to have this conversation because I was like so hyped. I didn't even think of the possibility of them not winning. And I felt it in my soul. But like this just would have been a totally different week. And by the way, winning is expensive. Like all you want to do is buy all the gear. I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the merch. Yeah, but you've got those. Uh, you've got that sweet viral video money. So don't worry about it. I- yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like five dollars, but I'll report that. <laughs> uh, how much does an NFL jersey cost? I mean, how much are these NFL jerseys what? and stuff? I mean, they're not that expensive. Okay, right? so NFL jersey. I mean, I should be like a commercial, like, okay, it's four billion dollars to buy a ticket, this much on merch, like going to a game with your dad, priceless. But it's uh, the rest of it is not priceless. Because all, all the tickets were electronic this year, and I was like, well, I can't not have a ticket. So I had to order like a ticket ticket replica, and it has like the signatures of all the team members. Then I had to get my Champa Bay shirts mm-hmm. and my sweatshirt. You know, so it's very expensive to win. I would just tell people to budget for that part of the program. Only had the same. <laughs> issue yeah, I, I had well. I had problems when the Eagles different won. jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Two jerseys, two extra programs, um, and then my girlfriend at the time also bought another program for from it as well, and got that framed and stuff. Uh, I got a couple of hoodies, couple of t-shirts, and then there's international shipping on top of that as well. It is not, not cheap, and the import tax. <laughs> yeah. What team was it? That was for the Eagles. Oh, yeah. So you must. How do you feel about Carson Wentz? <laughs> Oh, don't even. I mean, these are guys you just are gonna... mean, you're mean about every other team. They don't even have to be in your division. <laughs> well, currently, yet. Winnie's got all the bragging rights. She can, she can, she can yeah, sit I on know. her tower right now. Oh, she can man. throw whatever she wants. No, she's bulletproof for like at least as a Tom, season, three years. As Tom Brady says, I keep receipts. I'm sure Ollie hasn't been mean to you. We've been nice to you. We've done nothing. I'm, the yeah. red, the red. That was very nice, sort of. But um, I mean, Philadelphia is just okay. All right, you're back in my good graces. But Philadelphia is just—they're not likable. And like, they're such a mess now. I mean, oh, don't. It's going to be a horrible six to eight years of rebuilding, regardless oh. of whether Wentz was there or not. It's, there's See, a. This is why you. This is why you spend the money when your team is in it because it's so hard to make it there. Yeah, yeah, and it's difficult to get back, isn't it, Dave? It's quite difficult to get back. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, well, you, you know, Tampa Bay before this season on a, you know, serious note. I mean, how many years before when you, when did you make the playoffs? 2008 before this? Seven. Or I think. Seven, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> well, well, the funniest part then was to go and win it the first right, time you then- get back in. This year, I mean, all it took was a pandemic, but the Bucks and Lightning win the Stanley Cup, and then the Rays are like the eyesore of the city because they they only lost the World Series. I mean, it was an yeah, unreal. Let oh, they must feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and they threw it away. I'm sure you remember you saying they threw it away and they made some major I mistakes. Still can't, I still can't talk about it. So, oh, right. <laughs> they were asking. Uh, you just made uh, the list, Jazz. Yeah, I to, receipts. yeah i have to read you this this exact tweet but the other day it was um like national roast day or something and wendy's 
here was like, all right, send us a tweet. And oh, we'll, like, I saw roast this. You or yeah. Yeah. So the, so the Rays sent Wendy's something and Wendy's wrote back, we're surprised you didn't pull your social media manager in the middle of this great tweet. And Blake <laughs> Snell wrote back, yo, but like my mom, who's not a sports fan is still fired up. I mean, it, it's clear to everyone that like that moment sort of, you know, r- ruined it and they would have won otherwise. And I have to say that, like, I thought that was the, the Aaron Rodgers moment in the NFC championship game was like the equivalent of, of the Blake Snell moment where he was, you know, fourth down and they kicked the field goal and instead of letting him do his thing. Yep. So if we yep. learn anything, trust your aces, as my mom would say, even though she knows nothing about football, but she was very upset at that moment. And be sure now, poker, knowing your aces, yeah. so poker player. Yeah. yeah. And if you're Maybe in Tampa as well, boycott Wendy's because their name's going to be mud for a couple of months, I guess, after that. Exactly, exactly. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, and it's so great to see you. And thank you for, you know, it really meant a lot because I think of Tampa as sort of the small town and kind of like an intimate team, and I've cared for, you know, so long, and it was just cool to have you guys all the way across the pond cheering us on. Like, that really meant a lot. Uh, always got your back. Well, 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 definitely me and Ollie were cheering you on. don't yeah. know about Dave. But Dave, yeah. not so much. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of. You, I mean, you must have enjoyed the nacho. Yeah, you've won him over. With. He's got a jersey. Sleepy, so. you know? uh, there was there was some sleeping. I get. I've already told Whitney that I get very sleepy. It happens. Mm. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> he did come through with tickets and he went to sleep during the game. But other than that, it's really, <laughs> yeah. really, really. This great is what we got to put up with, you know. Ride or die, as I call Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk a bit of the QB carousel and everything that's... I mean, there's a lot of changes and potential changes and everything to get into. Um, Carson Wentz traded to the Colts today. Let's do this. Let's get it out of the way. There you go. Yeah. There he is right there. Oh, I, can, I can zoom in on this. Yeah, is this camera. Is it a kind of sigh of yeah. relief for you, Ollie, before we get into kind of how good it is for the Colts? How do you <laughs> feel about it as an Eagles fan? Uh, just quickly, that's made Jazz look yellow, him putting the Wentz thing up. So that's Wentz has damaged him as well. Wentz has <laughs> damaged him as well. Um, I'm back, so whatever. Uh, you still look a little jaundiced to me. Well, compared to Dave anyway. Um, that's the hepatitis. <laughs> okay, weird. Um, so, yeah, it's not a sigh of... It's not necessarily a sigh of relief. It, it, it's just because... I think we've all, a lot of people, uh, and Richard Graves pointed out that he said it to us and then said it to me in a text message as well in January, was like, the Colts seems like a really smart fit, which it does. It's a it's a great fit for Carson Wentz. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It's Pretty a good... Sure I said that too, but whatever. But it's a, it's a really good trade for the Colts, potentially, if it works well for Carson Wentz. Because if Wentz gets back to being what we saw Wentz be for a season and two With Frank thirds. Frank as offensive uh, How do you feel about it, Ollie? That's what I want to know before we get into the but analysis. It, well, it just doesn't, ma- it just doesn't matter to me. I, I didn't okay. want him there because he didn't want to be there. Why would you want your starting quarterback to be your starting quarterback if he doesn't want to be playing for your team? It's a situation that's never going to work, especially when you take all the kind of 
supposed rumors of a lot of falling outs between he and Doug Peterson and and the ownership yeah. as well. I mean, it just doesn't and the players. Yeah, I mean, we've known for a long time that Wentz has had this history of not really having the team's backing, even during his supposed MVP season. Like there were a lot of conversations coming out of the locker room about confrontations and. And Wentz wanted things done one way, and the players didn't like the way Wentz yep. was trying to do things. Yeah, and when Foles came in, and everybody he was loved successful because yeah, they everybody they loved played Foles. it better as a team. Yeah, so he's obviously. I mean, Wentz they played better as a team. They were, no, 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 they were that, playing really well, and Wentz was playing well. I know they were, but if, if I know people said that afterwards, and there were a lot of like rumors at the time that they wanted to play for Foles more than they did for for Wentz. Yeah, once they yeah. had a taste of playing with BDN, they were like, "Well, why would we go back to that <laughs> when we can have that BDN?" You know, um, and then so there's that that was already hanging over it. It's a bit like the Nelson Aguilar thing. I'm not fussed that he's gone and done okay at the Raiders because he always uh, had okay. the stone yeah, hands yeah, hanging sure. over. I'm him. not believing that for a second. No one it. is. No one. No one's buying. <laughs> I mean, that I don't. Is not like, true. It's, that was such a bad example. It, I mean, it's, no. but it that just makes me think me. that you are bitter about the Wentz thing yeah. that you brought that up. No, that's, I'm not. I'm, that's I'm, really revealing. Okay. I'm not bothered All about right. that. I'm not bothered about the Wentz thing. I got my soundbite. Because Wentz, is, <laughs> Wentz isn't necessarily the guy for that locker room. He's not necessarily the guy for a number of people in that organization. And he's on a, a load of money and yeah. probably not going to yeah, start. He he's probably not going to start next year if he had been in Philadelphia from all the reports no. that have been coming out. So having him there would have been redundant and a huge drain. So we've got something and a first potential, potentially, sorry, a first. If you get, if you get a first and a third, uh, yeah, then about... that is a really good result, I think, because uh, I, they were talking about it on the ATN podcasts and they were saying, this is before the news broke, it only, only came out today, didn't it? But... They were talking about two seconds that the Colts had offered, been rumored mm. to offer, um, and I was like, "Well, that's fine. Like, you take that all day. But if they end up getting a potential a, first, a and first I reckon and third, he will probably play seventy-five percent of the snaps next yeah. year. Yeah. But I, I reckon they decorative. also made the playoffs. I think the Colts will end up going maybe into the divisional round, for example, and that means that your pick would be in the high twenties. Okay, but it's still to high twenty. It's still a yeah, first round still... pick. It's still better value than yeah, a second. Yeah, but you know so. what Ollie always says: draft lottery. Who cares about the draft? It is, <laughs> but when you're also looking for trade value, a first sounds better than a second. So for the Eagles organization, yeah, that sounds a lot better. Let's just remember also that we're talking about Harry Roseman that in the end of the first round picked JJ Arcega Whiteside rather than DK Metcalf in the second round. Yeah, I'm not so saying you also have to look Jazz, at who's I'm picking the players. Jazz, I'm looking at it from a point of it sounds better if we come out with a first and a third for Carson Wentz than a second and a third. I'll give you that. That's what I'm saying. So for the Eagles organization, that sounds a lot better. We still have to do things with those picks. Obviously, every team does. But at this point, it looks okay for Philadelphia. We've got rid of a ton of money now. The Colts can deal with that. The Colts can deal with whether they need to train Wentz or not. The Eagles can now focus on a whole other load of, load of holes that are in this organization. And and that's why it doesn't yeah. really matter to me either because there's so many other things that need to be sorted out in Philadelphia that getting bogged down with Carson Wentz, the only problem was the money. It wasn't the individual really. Like He wasn't going to play. It didn't really matter. It's getting the money off the books. So now that's done, yeah. let's focus on all the other stuff. And I thought it was really telling that the Eagles wanted to get this done and started to try and get this moved on in and around the Super Bowl week. 
because yep. that's the time where if you're looking to do something without really causing too much of a stir get it done then that's right like just get it moved yeah. on yeah yeah blah 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 this will be forgotten in two months when the rest of the off season's really going on and all of these other QB moves are being made and the draft build up and everything like that. And so you've just kind of melded it in with the Super Bowl as well. And yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, Wentz is going. We already knew he was going. He's gone. Right, the money's gone. Sorted. So it's a fine move to get it done at this point. It, it helps the Eagles out probably in the long term. We'll see what happens with him at the Colts. It wouldn't surprise me if they were able to get him back to being the yeah. quarterback he can be. Well, well, that's that's good. That's interesting that you say that because I didn't know if you would agree with that, but I think that it could work out very well for them. Um, I think it's there's more of an upside than people think that there probably is at this point because his stock's so low. But, but I think that they have got the weapons around him. They've got the offensive line. They've got a good defense. Like Philip Rivers was so limited and they still went into the playoffs with him. Um, there's still problems at the Colts. Like, I don't know if T.Y. Hilton's going to be there next year, and that will leave a huge hole if he isn't. They didn't have a 1,000-yard receiver last year. But they spread the ball around a lot with Rivers as well. And one thing Wentz did yeah. quite often when he was playing at his best was he spread it around. He had kind of a go-to yeah. guy every couple That's of very weeks. That's true, yeah. But he had a go-to guy that would change every couple of weeks as well. So if, again, you know, if well, he gets time... The safety blanket, that year, Ertz had a blinder of a year where he was the safety blanket and got targeted. Yeah, but have he you had heard the about... Most number of receptions of the year. Zach Ertz is potentially going to be going to the Colts as well. That's a big rumour that's come out in the last 48 hours that Ertz oh, might that. be going with. Because the Eagles don't want Ertz around either at this point. So there's, yeah. there's also a chance... Ertz is always... They've got... They've be got moved a couple on of anyway. good tight ends there, though. I'd be Dallas surprised. Dallas is if, really good. I'd be surprised well, if they. Uh, Ertz is an upgrade at a lot of oh, tight end positions, but for Philadelphia, oh, yeah. it's, it's, is, a, it's, uh, a, it's a it's a unessential. The thing is, though, component. if he goes prone to Indy, he's going to have an offensive line. He's going to have a defense. He's going to have a running game. Where Jonathan Taylor came out, I would say, didn't come out of nowhere, but came on really strong at the end of last year he's quality yeah. that They've guy still got I, I would not be back. surprised if he was in the like top three rushes next year they've, really, they've still got Marlon Mack to come back who started the season well is he, he's a free agent this year isn't he I, Marlon Mack is he a free agent a free I thought agent. he was going to be I thought, I, he, I thought he had a one year option oh I'm going to try and look at that now well while you investigate oh. that but either way they've got three potential good running backs in Indianapolis at the moment. As you say, they've got a number of receivers. And to be honest, T.Y. Um, Hilton wasn't used that much this year anyway. So you've already seen this offense be able he to was still their He was still their top top receiver, but he's 31 now and he's just struggling with injuries. But it wasn't like T.Y. Hilton of three years ago where it was, you know, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, T.Y. Hilton, kind of those yeah, number yeah, one yeah. receivers for the Colts. Like last year, it was spread around quite a bit still. Yeah, Zach Pascal, Hines, Pascal, yeah. Pittman Jr. They all got like five, six hundred yards. Jack Doyle had a good year. Yes, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, so Jack Doyle. That's why I'd be surprised if Wentz went but there. Two good tight ends. It means you can you can spread the field a bit. Well, more. I know, but I just think that there's teams like Zach Ertz. I mean, you know, he's kind of, he's due a big bounce back in my eyes. He was looking like he could be in that like top echelon of tight ends. Mm -hmm. And then when he's he... kind of dropped away. But like, if he goes to a team that really needs a tight end, I'd just be surprised if he's happy to go somewhere he's going to split carries. Like, 
I don't know. It just seems weird to me that he would go there. He should be he's going to He's been doing that at the Eagles, though. I mean, Goddard's been there for... I know, but if he's got a chance to go to... A, if he's leaving Philadelphia, he's got a chance to go to a team where he can be, you know, effectively the number one or number two receiver. He's 30, so, Zach Ertz, as well, though. So there's that kind of... Are you no, at the tipping point where older. you get he's... the value out of it? He's been yeah, around for a long time. older than I thought. Well, if yeah, you remember, I like, thought he was like 28 or something. Brent Selleck was there for a long period of time as a really good tight end, and then Ertz ended up usurping yeah. him when he started yeah. to mature. So then it was Ertz, and they've just basically had that same rotation, but with Dallas Goddard coming up in the last three years instead. So yeah. it makes sense that you capitalize now on Zach Ertz potentially leaving Philadelphia as well. You save a lot of money on that tight end position, and you replace yeah. it with it's still a guy a tradable who's... asset as well. Yeah, at this point. So uh, the ones that I was reading about were the Seahawks, the Ravens, and the Colts were considered the best spots for Zach Ertz to be potentially landing. No, I'd hate him to go to the Ravens. The Ravens, they don't need more tight ends. It I seems awesome. But... No, they need a quarterback that can throw. But there's going to be a load of them about as well. Go, so. go into uh, Marlon Mack quickly, guys. I've got a quote from Chris Ballard from the Indianapolis Colts front office. It said about... Um, Marlon Mack deserves a contract unequivocally. He deserves a good contract. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that here. Saying that, I'm not going to say that Marlon is not coming back because I think he's a really special player, really special as a player. I could just see a backfield of Marlon, Jonathan Taylor, Nyan Hines, and Jordan Wilkins could be really special. So I'm not going to discount it. Well, three of those four, I completely quite, agree. He's quite honest. But he's a free, he's a free agent. This was his okay. contract year was last year. He's oh, just bad. being honest, and it's a chance for them to be fair. Like now they've got Taylor. Like, do you need to use a lot more money on your backfield? Like, yeah. you, you'd do better to put it in other because they, they they're probably. I think what's probably going to happen is Ty Ty Hilton's a free agent as well. So he or he's on the last year of his contract actually. He might be trade be bait. Agent. He might be trade bait. But either way, they're talking about moving him. So. Um, if he leaves, then suddenly they're going to have to go after wide receivers, either like in the draft. Like a Juju Smith-Schuster. The point is, like a Juju. with the Indianapolis Colts right now, the offense is is set up quite nicely with still a lot of flexibility around some players yep. that could be potentially key but aren't essential to that franchise succeeding at the moment. But what they do need to do is they need to replace Philip Rivers. And if Frank Wright can turn Carson Wentz into a Philip Rivers replacement, it's a... Big win for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think it's worth the risk for them at like yeah. uh, two, three, you a, know. A second and a third, if, a if it ends up a being a second a, and a third. Even the first, you know. Then it's it's fine. A first and a third, it's fine. There's going to be a lot bigger yeah. offers for quarterbacks in the offseason. I mean. That's the thing. I think with quarterbacks, you've just got to kind of just keep taking swings, haven't you, until you get the guy who's going to be there for five, ten years. And, you and, know, they haven't but, got but that. But keep him so. happy. Don't do a Jack Easterby and run everyone out of town. Well, yeah, you don't want to do that. No, um, no. The one I'm, the one that's actually more interesting to me because we all knew that Wentz was going to be leaving anyway, um, and it was there was uh, the thing that's embarrassing for me is Philadelphia making up basically from the sounds of it the bidding war between the Colts and the Bears. Yeah, because there was about a week and a oh, half ago we got where, two first round picks coming in yeah it was the the rumors that were no, being leaked out about the bears interest in bringing wentz in apparently was all complete malarkey oh, and it's just as if the, the bears the bears uh whole staff and front office and everybody is so close to getting fired anyway like they can't be going and bringing in carson wentz in this offseason that is insane. It'd be funny if they go and get deshaun watson 
for four first round picks. Yeah, I mean that would help keep their jobs, I think. But would it yeah. though? Because they're the same people who didn't select him in the first place and picked Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I mean it's really bad if you then go and pay a king's ransom for the guy that you could have had without trading up to get the guy that you didn't that you yeah. ended up getting. I, I mean, appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, but he will make you look good <laughs> that, no matter how much you pay. That's for like him, so. a reverse draft day with Kevin Costner, what the Bears are doing if they then pay like three <laughs> more picks. Well, no, that's what Kevin Costner did before no, no. like then reversing it and then somehow getting all his picks back. Whereas and the this would won. be them going and trading picks to get a really crap guy and then giving away more picks to then get the guy that they should have got in the first place. And there's no like end, like cathartic moment. It's just like, oh, we're all fired. Yeah, the end of it is like <laughs> the Chicago it. Bears finished the the movie. three and 13. So that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's just them just sitting on like a bus stop all together. Like, yeah. Just... yeah. But the the, the one that interests me more was one that we kind of joked about towards the end of the season. But it doesn't surprise me. It's obviously come up now this week in the press and everything about Ben Roethlisberger. Mm. He's not going to be there, is he? Yeah. Tell me about it, Jazz. How do you feel I, about that? Do I you don't. Because you saw, did you if see the sideline someone... interview? Just quick, do you see the sideline, not interview, the sideline conversation that they picked up on like NFL inside the game or whatever it is? Between him and Pouncey? Yeah. And that he came back for him. And he's but also, sure do it again. I was going to say, yeah, and Ben sounded and did sound he like that defeated. was a last hurrah, hurrah anyway. Well, he did just lose to the Browns. So, I mean, that's that's not going to feel great. That's it. I'm yeah, out. I mean, I'm out moment. <laughs> No, it's it's tough. It's I mean, from my point of view, I'd like to have someone who can competently play quarterback before ushering Big Ben out the door. However, if he does stay on the team, he's forty-one million against the cap, and Oof. given the cap has gone up a little bit, apparently, um, still a huge chunk of your cap. I think it's one hundred eighty million they're talking about as being the cap. Yeah. So it's just under a quarter of the whole cap is on him. Now he didn't play well enough to really warrant that. If he restructured his deal and came at a much lower cap cost. And you could try and find someone else to come and back him up, keep him. But if you can't, I don't really see how you can. I'm sure I've heard somewhere, you may have said to Matt Scioli, that some of the um, NFL defenses described the Steelers' offense as the easiest one to prepare for because you knew what they were going to do before they did it. Yeah. It also comes down to coaching and scheming. And given the offensive coordinator wasn't brought back and Colbert's come out and said that the run game wasn't good enough from every single position, the receivers, the O-line, the quarterback, the running back, the tight ends, everyone needs to improve on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other trouble we have is what quite a few of the other free agents that could do with being paid. Whether they keep Juju, I don't think they do. I think Juju leaves. I think Juju isn't coming back. Oh, no. No I mean, more yeah, dancing on the end zones in a Steelers shirt. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enough said about that I one. The way um, he goes, actually, that he he could be he could be due a big uh, bounce he'll get, back he'll, as well. He'll get paid really well, but I'm, he won't. Get I, I really money. like him as a player, but I just think that when you saw him without Antonio Brown, I know, he was yeah, on receiver, I really thought that he was going to. Yeah, I yeah. really thought that he was going to take that step into being a number one, a true number one, and just yeah. really light up the league. I thought he could be the receiving. Uh, leader for the whole season. Juju's and then a Calvin. I kind of bet on that in fantasy and then missed out. Juju's a Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is a really good receiver, but he benefits, and particularly last year, so much from having Julio Jones take a lot of coverage off him. Yeah. In the same way that Juju looked great when he was in single When AB coverage. was getting bracketed yeah. on every single play. Yeah. yeah. But if you yeah. if you then make him the guy... 
you probably don't need to double cover him all the time just maybe on essential routes. Yeah, the thing is, I thought, I mean, Calvin Ridley is, uh, you know, he's a speedster and he's 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 actually a very small guy. So, like, I don't know if he's ever going to be, he's going to struggle to be a number one, whereas Juju seems to me... He's got, he's he's got the skills to do so. I he's just got, he's that... got the physicality as well, though. I thought that's why I was surprised to see him take this kind of step back almost. But I also think a little bit that the offense it. as a whole has just not been as good since you lose Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, you lose your running game, you lose your your biggest threat receiver. Oh yeah, yeah. we lost so, our two best players on offense. Oh god, jeez. <laughs> okay, um, but that makes the whole thing more difficult for the players around them. So I mean, I think that comes down to it too. But going back to the Big Ben, I would like to see him retire on his own terms, as long as it actually benefits the team. If it's do you want to see Mason? Case, do you want to see Mason Rudolph for? for we all chances? know. We all know that if Ben is not back. Rudolph is not starting. I think Colbert knows that, and he has to go make a play for one of the quarterbacks or draft someone, and they're going to be the one that starts. That's yep. what will happen. They so would have been no a good way one to go. Rudolph starts. They would have been a good one to go after Stafford. I don't know if they were in discussions about that. Yeah, Maybe it was too soon. Stafford. That's the thing. When you've got like the big Ben, because he's got the legacy there, it's hard to just you know make a quick decision when the season finishes. Like. You know, like the Rams did with Goff, because they, you know, there was no love lost there. They were ready to just, just cut it and just they go. Didn't want but him in the yeah, Ben's been there twenty years or whatever. <laughs> that, like the thing is, the, the this front office are also not very sentimental. They'll happily tell you you have a choice of retiring or releasing you. Troy Polamalu had that happen to him. Heinz Ward had that happen to him. I'm sure. I think the boss decided to retire on his own, but lots of players have been told you can retire if you want to, or we're releasing you. Yeah. Up to you. You, if you want to keep your your career as a stealer for life, you have to retire. That's how it works. And they have no harm saying that because the way the organization works is that's how they make it work to make sure that the the players are there at the right times. They try and get rid of them just at the right time if they can. They they have less yeah, of a habit of holding on to people for too long. Yeah, it's no sentimental value when it comes to being in sports and winning because it's about the team yeah. winning, like it's about businesses turning a profit kind of thing. It's it, it's smart. It's yeah, how which is a shame, but no, it's, you can't be sentimental. It, it that's how it should be in sports. Definitely not yeah. in not in terms of it being a business, but in terms of it's about being competitive as much as often as you can, and that's how you stay competitive. Yeah. Is you don't have sentimentality allowing people to linger on in the building um yeah the so that, that's that's how i see it going well i was think. going to say because there's now going to be a lot of players up for grabs so it seems it seems like sam darnold's going to be available i take him there is a strong yeah. chance that russell wilson's going to be available on the free agent yeah but i don't the, think it's a strong King's chance. ransom that's more than deshaun watson i think i don't i don't think that's a strong chance i know there's not, been some talk and think... stuff i don't know because I think it's, I think it's very, 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 very unlikely. I think it's really dicky very of him unlikely. at this point. I really don't like this whole Russell Wilson thing, and anybody that listens to the Josh Potter show will know the Sussel Wilson. And I've never really yeah. bought into this whole idea of like Sussel Wilson because he's genuinely just seemed like a good guy, good player. But this shouting off about oh, I don't feel protected now, and kind of oh, she says for a dicky for him to have said it. Yeah, I think it's and oh, okay. and the other thing I don't like. I'm is, very surprised is, is after players like and the, the success saying, he's had with the Seahawks. It's, uh, it feels pretty disrespectful. And using the idea of I should be involved in player in kind of uh, personnel decisions. I don't like that from players either because it's not your. It's yeah. not part of your job remit. However long you've been at the franchise, it's not your job remit. 
So I agree. Well, this is how I think about it with the, the Sean Watson did the same thing as well. And it's like, um, I mean, I think he's got more of a reason to be obviously upset than Russell Wilson about the direction of, you know, the yeah, team. He's, he's seen um, his weapons be taken away from him and he's left in a trash bag. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bit of a different situation. I mean, that like, ship is already sunk. Yeah. But in general, I'd say I agree with you, Ollie, that it is, it's not a thing that a good organization should be kind of necessarily taking on board because what if you have a situation where you've got a young coach that you want you really really want but they meet the player and you've said to the qb you're like oh well like you know you'll be part of the process they meet the coach they don't blend i can't work on like him. the one the one meeting that they have or whatever or yeah. five meetings or whatever it is and then you know russell says oh I, I don't really we don't really gel i mean suddenly do you then have to be like oh okay we can't do it even though point, everybody else in the yes. in the organization is excited about it the thing is your quarterback is going to if a franchise quarterback says russell wilson's age he's 30 it's, it's, wilson about 30 30, 32 I think, 32 yeah. 32 he's still got maybe four or five years left in him where he'll still be hopefully at elite level definitely yeah your coach might not last 2 years He'll last less time if your QB doesn't get along with him. So I think to a point you have to have in all the front office speak, the most important member of your organization, the most important player of your team, get along with the coach so they buy in. Because if they don't buy in, that will just seep out like a TO style thing in the dressing room. I know I, I know what you mean. It's just, do you, do you see what I'm saying as well? Oh, yes, Jazz. I completely yeah. agree with you. Yeah. If, you bring, if you bring them into the decision, they're almost making the decision. Oh, they, yeah. yeah, the minute you open because, that door, that's given them too much power already to be in that conversation. Yeah, because if they yeah. say, if they say, I don't want this guy, and then you bring him in anyway, then they're going to be pissed off and it's instantly going to create friction. And yeah. then if you, if you bring in the guy and they agreed with him, it feels, yeah, like there's been a power shift already. Like you've, you know, oh, yeah, or it had to totally be approved by. So here's, I here's why I, I think I, he I, could I, be on the trade. He could end up being traded this year for a lot of picks. Like, he will cost somebody a lot of picks to get Russell Wilson in their building. But there's his moaning already about wanting to be involved in decisions. And I can't imagine, to be honest, Pete Carroll is like an elder statesman who ran the show how he wanted to at USC and ran the show yeah. how he wants to in Seattle. You know, he's been happy to get a, to remove people that don't want to be around him. He doesn't have a problem with that at all. And a bit like that anti-sentimentality thing of, uh, of of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. Then there's Russell Wilson does get hit a lot. Uh, you know, he hasn't had the best offensive line for the last couple of years. But thirdly as well, the whole let Russell cook thing, and Russell doesn't get to play necessarily a quarterback-based game because this, and Seattle have already said that next year we need to go back to our running game and sort out running the ball. And if you're Russell Wilson, you're seeing basically your prime marketability yeah. and potentially a, a team that's going to be revamping a run game and basing their their whole team game around a run game, even though you've got you know DK Metcalf, one of the best young receivers in the league there for well, Russell. just fired to... uh, Schottenheimer, didn't they? The offensive coordinator. So, so it's... they're definitely moving away from that. Yeah. So it's a, it's, another, it's a new system to be in, a new rebuild, a style that isn't going to favour Wilson being the man. And Russell Wilson probably wants to be the man because there are a lot of other quarterbacks in this league that are the he man. He's getting paid like the man, though. But he'll get paid like the man wherever he goes because he's Russell Wilson because he is yeah. excellent and deserves every single bit of that money. Then where does he go? 
well, this is this is what I wonder. I mean, the Eagles have just opened who'd, up. A, the Eagles have just opened up a lot of money. <laughs> okay, right now, I mean, uh, we we're gonna try and get rid of some more. I'd go swinging. I'd go absolutely swinging well, in fa- Philadelphia. Well, yeah, I mean, the the Falcons aren't very good at uh, using their first round draft picks the last few years. Let's. Uh... Let's bring him to Atlanta. Just, <laughs> and we'll send, or, we'll send Matt Ryan but back. This is, this is or Jacksonville trades for him. You can have Julio Jones as well. For the next three first-round picks. And Wilson wins a grand total of 10 games in the next four years. I mean, yeah, and oh, they can go... Yeah, he's some... not going to go to a crappy organization, but there's a couple of good ones out there that would want him. To a point, though, he won't have a choice. Because if a team decides to, to trade for him, and it's the Jacksonville Jags, and he'll say, yeah, sure. There you go. But this is why the QB carousel is is so interesting this summer because there are more big names up potentially for leaving than I can remember. Yeah. But there are so few yeah. teams actually that desperately need a new QB. That aren't in the first five, six picks in the draft. Exactly, yeah. yeah. In which case where yeah. they've... And it gives you more leeway well, first if, you bring in a, if you bring in a rookie, it gives you more runway for, well, now we've got three, two, three years to get this rookie up to grabs. Whereas yeah, if, you're, yeah. if you're Jacksonville and you Four. bring in Russell Wilson, there'll be an expectation of, oh, we're going for it now, are we? Oh, we're just trying to flip the script immediately with one guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Plus, you throw like, it's kind of, JJ um, Watt into the mix I, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we can segue into that. Just the last thing I'd say is that... Um, I, I, it's a huge decision for an organization to make and a GM to make to do three firsts or whatever to do Deshaun what like it seems to us as fans and stuff like oh that's kind of a no-brainer like you do whatever you can to get him but like that guy might get injured mm-hmm. that guy might somehow like system. yeah like he might somehow have a few down years once he comes to you because of your new system and he doesn't like the area and he's unsettled it's not a home teammates, run. Get his jaw broken like Geno Smith did. Yeah, it's it's not a home run. Like a lot of these, you know, like Russell Wilson's only ever played in Seattle. Uh, Deshaun Watson's only ever played in. Te- like you don't know. There's no certainty. Mm-hmm. So like to mortgage your whole future, like it's a big decision. How many organizations are really going to like actually press that button? Like is Philly actually going to do that? Would the Falcons do that? Like, how many are there? It's like on the one Minnesota hand, really, Vikings. It? It's a small list. The Minnesota Vikings should go balls to the wall if one of these excellent quarterbacks becomes available, because Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins is a good quarterback. But no, it's not. Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson are definitely I, hey, better. Look, I, and I'm not saying they've got a young. Is a different thing. They've got a young. Will they? But they've got a young, relatively cheap defense that's got better throughout last year so most of that defense should be coming back they've got the best young wide receiver in the nfl at the moment justin jefferson they've got arguably the best running back in the nfl <laughs> it's not Jalen Rager. no it's not um <laughs> oh okay no because then why we... did roseman pick him first yes why, why didn't roseman pick jefferson i was watching your face jazz as he was <laughs> there, and i was no, waiting no. for it that they've got so the nice. they've got arguably the best running back in the nfl and dalvin cook yep what do you need to complete that? A dynamic quarterback like a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson? Minnesota, yeah, if they're going... They, they, they could also trade Kirk Cousins back to whichever team they, they're doing it for yeah. and just ruin their franchises. So, yeah. <laughs> well, or get, <laughs> but get some... That would take some of the knock off the value as well. I mean, if you're a Minnesota Viking, you should be clamoring to get one of these guys into your building, whatever happens this offseason. Get rid of Kirk Cousins. You're completely right. It would, it would immediately open up your Super Bowl window. 
for next yeah. year. I mean, that, if you if you traded Cousins, it's probably Cousins and two firsts rather than four or five firsts. Yeah, yeah, it reduces the price by a fair bit because you've still got mm-hmm. a player that is considered by ninety nine percent of the people in the NFL world as a good quarterback. And well, it's one, he got one year left. That one percent is a lot of people. Ollie. Has he got one year left on his contract? He does. Yeah. Okay. So, That's not. Yeah, but also that, that and also one... both of their salaries are less than Kirk Cousins. So if you trade Kirk Cousins' salary to them, they'll have more cap space, so they can technically look for a free agent as well to go look one with him. But also the Kirk Cousins allows you to potentially put him on another short-term deal afterwards while you bring in another quarterback as well. So He's Cousins... a great uh, placeholder, to be fair. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. It, it, if you're like transitioning. <laughs> placeholder placeholder yeah. i think they got me that. so he he holds the kicks he's, he's placing the kicks down he's holding that is that jazz. Yeah, that's, that's, it's good for that jazz moving on how excited are you about <laughs> jj, JJ Watt? Watt? i don't Going think it feels like it's getting closer i don't I think the browns, it is baby. i think it's not no, I, 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 I don't think he's so going excited. there either. I don't think he's going there. I got so either. excited when he was released i thought it's going to happen yeah, i saw yeah. tj Watt left the the rock just bring it meme uh, as the gift to to put up with it too um, I don't see him coming to Pittsburgh, so I'm not no, sure if I'm going to have the cap space to be able to accom- well, accommodate him, should we say. I'd love him to, and as I've said before, if he does, I'm instantly buying the jersey because the I've wanted to happen the entire time. Will you um, put what and what well, behind you for every podcast? I both, would, yeah. I'd yeah, have 1999. Yeah. I would have to consider buying Derek's jersey, but I probably wouldn't. Um, anyway. <laughs> The thing with that Weird. is, I could see him going to the Bears. I could the, see him. What going about to the Browns? Titans. I'd hate him to go to. What the about the Browns? Oh my god, Jersey? that is that is so oh. strongly rumored at the moment. He and goes to the Browns and then wrecks you guys again. That's that why the season, just bring it thing. Because the Browns. Okay, so I've, I've been going through on Miles Instagram. Garrett, JJ the, Watt. Ooh, there was okay. like the top hundred plays of the NFL season just gone. And in yeah. the top twenty-five, the Browns had like four or five plays in the top twenty-five of the best plays of the whole season. Or they're, Nick Chubb runs. There, a couple of Baker Mayfield throws as well, which was weird. But I, then I realized the catches were really good. It was like Eli's throws were bad. Nah, nah, don't don't play me like that. Don't play me like that. But no, it was um, the Browns are like a sexy team, and beating the Steelers in the playoffs will be seen as a pretty big turning point, particularly when. In the same way, the Steelers were getting called out for how they're going to run their offense. The Ravens had that during the season as well. And with the Browns, you don't really know what's going to happen because Baker Mayfield's so erratic, but they've you know still got Hunt and Chubb. So they're a kind of a good team if you want to maybe pile on in a similar way as the Bucks. If you pile on to the Browns this year, yeah, that's a good team to be on in the AFC. It's a, I mean, there's talking going to the Chiefs though as well. Also, I said the Titans that might would, do it. The Chiefs would be sickening. Titans the will probably. I think the Titans the Bucks to replace Sue. I think the Titans would give the most to get him. So I think he'll get the best contract from the Titans because they seem to hand they out money to They actually need him as well because their defense has been they, bad. Yeah, because yeah, well, Clowney, Clowney didn't work out. Clowney will be, not be there next year. And he won't Vrabel be there. knows him. He played for Vrabel under the, the, te- the te- uh, Texans, sorry, when it was the DC. Yep. So there's, there's a link there. I think really it comes down to is he looking for money or is he looking for but, fun or is he looking to win? Those are three different baby. things. Get is he going to is he gonna stay in the division? Because given how much he likes the Texans fans, that that will feel like a real fuck you. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he'll do that. I don't I think, think he'll do that. So that, okay. So if we move, if we like take a few things off then, I actually think the Titans less likely then because of that. 
Browns, he would be able to oh, play t- in the same division as his brothers and go like sibling and, rivalry head to head. You know where and he would go. be in close proximity to them because you know not too far away. Could and just go back to Wisconsin and play for the Packers. Well, I mean, yeah, that would be, be the really boring one. That's where he played college, right? And where yeah, where he grew up. Yeah, yeah. Where he's got a big log cabin. That would make the most sense. The Chicago one is interesting because wife plays for the Chicago ladies team. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Okay. But the so there's, there's, a, there's a thing. You got to think of it this way: he's looking is... for money. Money. The Titans will probably pay him the most. Yeah. If he's looking for fun, he wants to play with his brothers. That's in Pittsburgh. If he's looking for to try and win rings, he's looking for Bucks or Chiefs. Possibly Packers, but the Packers they need to get a receiver. Or if he's looking to be the hero that finally takes the Browns to that level, <laughs> it's not going to happen. They weren't far away from the AFC Championship game this year, Jets. They were very far away because the Chiefs spanked the crap out of them. Not really. The game wasn't they over. They spanked and were the it, crap out of them. Were it not for some like poor decision making on the Browns? It wasn't part. for Patrick Mahomes having a weird oh, neck concussion. Jazz is got, oh. they were spanked. Jazz, Jazz, Jazz is unraveling. He can't. Jazz, he's not going to be able to handle very this. Very different to he's what happened unzip. between like the Chiefs and Buffalo in the actual championship game. That was a spanking. The Browns won. The Browns were in that game for a long period of time. They long. were, but yeah. that's only because, because the Chiefs just let got them, knocked the just dragged them along. Yeah. And, if you, them and if you Basically, added what the JJ Watt, they, just, to... they treat the Browns like a little mouse, and they're a big cat. And big cats don't always kill the the, the uh, mouse straight away. They they string oh, it along. Mouse... They play with it for a little bit. They throw it up in the air. They leave it. Let it think it's going to run away. Then it pounces on it again. That's what happened. That mouse took an eye out of that cat when it knocked Patrick Mahomes out of the game. <laughs> and then if you add JJ Watt. And Miles Garrett onto that. Oh, that would be a fun. Miles Garrett didn't play as well after he came back from COVID. Next year he should be better after his recovery. Yeah, probably. so imagine yep. that and what is exciting. That'd be fun. No, that'd be fun. No, but no, that's not gonna happen. I wish we had the money to bring JJ down to Atlanta because we, God, we need edge rushers, but um, we don't. So yeah, yeah. What's gonna if, he, if he also wants to pad his stats and get good stats, he wants to come to Pittsburgh because he won't be double teamed. He will be probably single team. The thing about the Pittsburgh thing is that I think, you know, he's he's the man down in like Texas, and I can't imagine him going and like sharing the kind of limelight with his brothers, and also yeah, taking it fun. away. But, but like, taking he's it ever away played from... with his brothers, he'll never but... play with brothers ever because yeah. they've always been too young. I don't so know. this would be the only chance he'll have to play with his both brothers. If or... I was T, if I was TJ as well, I wouldn't really want him there i'd be all for it i'd say all right jj you're the you're that end here i'm gonna rush from outside you let's see if they can stop but it's like but it's his team and they can't they won't be able to yeah that's fine because i think there's a lot of ego here that you're putting aside there's i don't think that they have egos to put it in terms you don't (laughs) to put it in terms you'd understand it's like what doesn't have an ego it's like it's like at the end of avengers when uh chris pratt and thor are on the ship and no one's really sure oh, who's Avengers. in control. That's what so JJ Watt going JJ Watt that... is Star Lord and JJ Watt is Thor. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. And or are you going and... the other way around? No, no, no. Yeah, because Star because Star Lord initially owned the the ship's respect and everything like that, and then Thor would come along, aka JJ, and everyone would be like, "Oh, well, who's the leader on this team now?" So it's like, "Oh, you're in charge." That little kind of eye roll yeah, and look. Yeah, in. that's you're how it would be. Which I know what right you would there. love because it would be like a Marvel thing going on in the Steelers' defense, which you also love. So that would be amazing. But I don't think it would necessarily be great for like leadership on the field and like 
JJ sees something and TJ says something else. The rant that he had at the end of that see at the end of the season with the Texans. That's the sort of player you want in your building. So I think a lot of teams will go after him. I mean, whether they'll offer him the money he wants or whether they have the opportunities that he's looking for, different question. But I think he'll be quite highly sought after. I agree. In that sense. When I was watching uh, another drop of the Pat McAfee show, he was talking to Michael Lombardi. He says that he said that most free agents only ever have two teams ever that's interested in them. They'll have people who call up and say, "Oh, what you want to do this?" and they'll say, "No, thank you. It wants to be mm-hmm. this." There'll only be two real players in any kind of real player. The only time he's ever known of more was when they had um, Reggie White being a free agent. I think he had eight teams after him. Well, didn't Brady only so have like inter- two offers in the off season? Yeah, the Colts yeah. said they didn't want him. We'd rather go with Philip Rivers. Mm. Good job. Same with the 49ers. The 49ers didn't want him either. Yeah, which you would have thought fairness, would have I think that he made, in the end, it worked out for the best, not just because, of course, they just won, but I think that that Tampa side was the best set up for someone to be plugged in at quarterback and just win. Well, and, you know, Bruce Arians was smart enough to let Brady do and be just Brady. run his offense. <laughs> well, I actually think it's harder to find good edge rushes in the league than it is to find quarterbacks, right? Which now. is why, when go so. to the, the Bucks, Shaq Barrett will get paid. He'll get paid probably before Chris Godwin gets paid. And I Godwin think he might be important. out. He might he be. Because, I mean, you got Scotty Miller, you got um, what's his face, Johnson. So it's lots of Antonio Brown. Brown. Yeah. Um, so you could argue that if Shaq Barrett gets paid like he sh- should, well, he, he will do. That's a more important signing for the Bucks than. Say the other agents they've got. Antonio Brown, a Hall of Fame afterthought. Big thanks to Whitney for joining us on the show today. You can find her at W Holtzman on Twitter. That's at W Holtzman. Also at Social Victories is where you can find uh, Social Victories, of which she is the CEO of uh, on Twitter as well. A big thanks to Jazz and Dave for joining us on the podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Jazz Gillum and at David Bluck one That's at Jazz Gillum for Jazz, obviously, and at David Bluck one for Dave. O underscore J underscore Wilson is where you can find me. But more importantly, find the podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and all other good podcasting outlets as well. At Return the Picks on Twitter and on Instagram. And please like, subscribe, follow on all of those outlets. And we hope to have plenty more guests coming throughout the off-season who are as entertaining and fortuitous as Whitney Holtzman. Until the next pod, uh, kick back, relax, and settle in. Seahawks fans, Texans fans, Jets fans, Jaguars fans, Eagles fans. Well, there's quite a few fans that are going to be looking at how this QB window shapes up in the off-season. And we'll hopefully have some more news in about a week's time when we're back. In the meantime, take care.